Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine Weinbrenner-Eyrich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Hey, Soul of Travel listeners, we're trying something new this week, and you'll get to hear from one of my favorite podcast hosts when she interviews me. In this pod swap, I had the joyous experience of being interviewed by Monica DeVitri on her lunar-inspired The Flow Mamas podcast. Monica, the Flow Mamas founder, is an artist, teacher, and lunar coach. She has been helping people to connect with their creative essence for over 12 years. She draws upon her trainings across multiple creative and healing modalities to create transformative experiences for her students and coaching clients. Monica is a certified moonologer, a Reiki 2 practitioner, and a yoga instructor who's completed her RYT 500 and holds a BSE in art education. You can connect with her and learn more over on her flowmamas.com website. This episode originally aired on June 14th and starts with a celebration of the full moon in Sagittarius, honors the fun-loving and adventurous part of yourself. She offers journal prompts to tap into this energy, and then I join her to share about the transformative power of travel and celebrating the voices of women. I loved getting to share a bit more about who I am and why I'm so passionate about building community and designing spiritual adventures for women. I hope you enjoy this bonus episode. Make sure you take a moment to share with Monica some of the things that you love about this episode on her lunar inspired page and leave a comment, or you can share it here after listening and I'll be sure to let her know what you took away from this conversation. Soul of Travel will be back in a few weeks with season four. I can hardly believe we'll be celebrating our hundredth episode soon. Until then, enjoy this soulful conversation with me and Monica DeVitri. Hello, everybody. I am here with my friend, Christine, and I'm so excited to have her here for this episode to share all about wanderlust and travel and the wandering heart and soul. Welcome, Christine. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited for this conversation and kind of this unique look at uh, framing travel. Right. So would you just give us a little overview of who you are, where you're from, and what you do to get started? 
Sure. Um, well, my name is Christine, and I am the founder of Lotus Sojourns, which is a women's mindful adventure travel company. And I founded that just a little over three years ago. Um, but I've definitely been ebbing and flowing with the tides of the world the last couple of years, which um, actually brought about um, my podcast, which is called The Soul of Travel. And in that, I connect with women who are using travel as a vehicle for change in the world. And so we talk about like how travel has inspired them to create change based on different shifts they've felt through travel, um, which has really been a fun, unexpected journey for me. And um, yeah, my travel experiences are really founded in um, connection to self and to destination where we're traveling, um, exploring our internal landscape as much as we explore wherever we are, and then really focusing on the transformation that can happen when we are really present to our travel experiences. So cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I first heard about what you were doing, um, I think it was in a group call in the course that we were both in. And I was like, that is such a cool take on thinking about traveling because you're really interested in bringing other people into travel as well. So can you share a little bit more about what you're doing with your Lotus Sojourns and all of that? Yeah, sure. So um, as I mentioned, um, I've had my company for three years, but I've been in the industry for a little over 20 years. And uh, when I decided to create my own travel program, I really reflected on the experiences that I had that have kind of really stuck with me or were those moments where I felt like something came alive inside of me and I just couldn't really shake um, the experience. And what I really found is what I couldn't shake was these connections and these awarenesses about myself. And so when I started to create Lotus Sojourns, I wanted to, instead of having these be like these happy accidents that happened when I would travel, like I'd look back over a 10 day trip and there'd be like one moment that would stick out. And I thought, oh my goodness, what if we could create, could create or craft an itinerary that um, really focused on that instead of it being just like one peak moment, but like that being the intention for the journey was that connection and discovery. And then um, I'm also really passionate about creating opportunities for women um, where I'm traveling. And so I focus on building partnerships with local social impact projects, um, women-owned businesses, and really try to bring that in and then also have a background in sustainable um, tourism. And so that's like another layer. It's kind of just all of these ways. How can we make travel the most meaningful and beneficial for us as travelers, but also for the communities and destinations that are hosting us? Amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, and is there like a key moment that really sticks out for you when you think about one of those key moments in your past where you were like, oh, this is like what it should feel like? Um, I just, like I said, those connections for me were really powerful. Um, one was um, with connection to nature was traveling finally to Peru, which is something I had wanted to do since I was a small child, actually watching cartoons and seeing cartoon characters go to this place that looked like it had to be imaginary because it just didn't seem 
like it could be possible. And I then like later learned that things like the Amazon and Machu Picchu really existed. And I was like, okay, I have to, I have to do that. I I have to see what that's all about. And um, for me, that was just such a deeply moving experience and like walking on land that just holds such a sacred journey in and of itself. And for me, I am empathic and I'm very intuitive. And so I think sometimes those places literally speak to me. Um, So I think that in and of itself is really powerful. But then um, I did this hike in the middle of the, not the middle of the night, but the very early hours of the morning up above Machu Picchu. And we were sitting there in the dark on this cliff. We couldn't even really tell where we were. And then the sun began to rise and the like sun shone down on Machu Picchu and you, it just like the clouds parted and it was just like this magical gift. And I was like, it's just this moment of deep gratitude for being where you are when you see something so powerful like that. It's like also cultivating a sense of awe, which is something we have no power over, but that, that sense of awe, I think creates this awakening in our soul. Like we become so aware of the like vastness of the world and the magic of the world. And then also like it it really shrinks us down and allows for us to understand like kind of our insignificance in the trajectory of things, which sounds kind of odd, but if you've had the feeling, then you, I think you understand. And it's just such a powerful experience. So that's one really with nature and um, I could share others with people and place, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Oh, amazing. Oh my gosh. That gave me chills. The part where like the sun is rising and the clouds are parting. That is so magical. Yeah, I actually had the opportunity to go to Peru almost 10 years ago. And it is such a magical feeling to be in a place that has such like layers of history. And yeah, like seeing the pictures of it, you're like, what is that? And then that really, really tall, skinny mountain, like that you can see from Machu Picchu. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it's called, but people hike it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Why on a Pichu? That's the one that we hiked and we couldn't see it. And it was, we got there at like four 30 in the morning to get our park tickets. And so we had no idea what we were even hiking. We were just like, well, this sounds like a great experience. We'll do it. We start hiking again. Like the whole time you never can see anything that you're doing. You're just like the trail with your headlamp in front of you for like two and a half hours. And then we get up there and yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty amazing uh, just to like have that, that like deeply revealing experience. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. Wow. So that was a nature one. I would actually love to hear a story about like a people experience and then a place's experience as well, because these are great stories. Yeah, I um, I mean, people I've had a lot, but one of the ones for me that really stuck out, um, I was traveling in the Middle East and we ended up going to um, a visitor center, which is kind of very curated experiences. But there was a young girl there, um, a young woman who was just available for us to sit and, and ask questions about where we were, the culture, um, really she opened herself up to, 
to asking any sort of question. She just was very open, which for me um, was pretty unexpected. I was coming from a Western mindset, not really sure how to engage with a woman from the Middle East. Um, She had her head fully covered and um, you know, at the time I went was not long after 9-11. So there was a lot of cultural tension as it were. Um, and then the dynamic of women and there were also men in our group. And so like, I was really just trying to like, again, like use my empathy and like my, like spider powers and be like, okay, what is okay about this situation? What isn't okay? What can we ask? And really quickly realize that she was very open and also really, really deeply proud of her country and her heritage and who she was as a person. And you could really, really feel that from her, that sense of pride. And she um, talked about coming to the United States to study. Um, She had won a fellowship and just kind of it was really great to hear her perspective on being immersed in our culture as well. And she told, and I wish I could remember now, I can't remember all the details, but the story of um, why, why women cover their head. And I think we really feel like it's this very oppressive um, reasoning and she was in Dubai, so she didn't have to do that. It wasn't required, but it was something she felt most comfortable with. And um, just the way she explained it was um, as if uh, it was a part of like a love story. And it, it just was really powerful way of understanding something that we don't understand. And in part, because I don't think we create a space for connection, conversation, and questions, because of all those tensions I mentioned, like we don't want to say the wrong thing, even if we are curious, um, we're not sure what's appropriate. There's not spaces created for authentic connection and conversation. And um, I think that like we all kind of sunk into that space. We were like in this tiny little room, all sitting on the floor. And um, it just was really, really powerful to like share that space together and let everybody kind of let their guard down, um, kind of admit what they didn't know and what they didn't understand. And I think all of those things are really, really powerful because we're so protective of like our sense of knowledge and our sense of understanding. And we don't want to look like we don't know. And then I think specifically after the last couple of years and looking at Black Lives Matter and some of the the more deep racial discussions that we've been having, there's even this greater sense of like concern about saying and doing the wrong thing and also like acting, uh, like putting on a front as if you know all the right things, which both things are impossible. And so that's kind of what I also love is just, I find that when you bring together groups of women, they can really open up to each other. And in almost every place I've ever been, um, you know, sitting in a village in Uganda or Kenya, sitting somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Peru and um, or in meeting with women who are weaving in uh, Guatemala, like every single time conversations come back to like what I want for my children, what I want for my parents, access to education, access to healthcare, women's rights, laundry, school schedule, like all these things that are like, 
you really see the similarities between the issues that women face around the world, which I also think is super humbling. I think it's really valuable when women in what we would call a developing country and the, you know, that we would think there would be such different, uh, you know, different issues, or maybe they would think we wouldn't have these issues. And it's so amazing and powerful to see that there are similarities. And obviously there's so many differences and I'm not trying to belittle hardships that we don't face, but it's those moments when you're like, yes, you know, my husband does that exact same thing. And like everybody giggles and you're like, it's just this raw sense of humanity that sweeps over and breaks down those barriers and really creates connection that we don't tend to expect when we travel. Wow. That's so beautifully explained. And it's so true. Like so much of it is just so universal, but it's like our ego thinks, oh, this is just, you know, what I know or what what I don't know is usually what it is that mm-hmm. holds us back from asking those questions and getting out of that comfort zone. So do you see that a lot when you lead these trips with women, um, with the women that you're traveling with, um, like kind of that hesitancy to connect and lean in a little bit? Yeah, I think that there is a little bit of that, but I, I really try to create a space for that openness and that connection. Um, I also lead a women's book sojourn, which is kind of like a book club, but it came out of this time of the pandemic when we couldn't travel, but I still wanted to create space for this type of inner and outer exploration. And so, you know, we'll sometimes be reading a book and I have maybe read it five or six years ago and I pick it up again. And I think, oh gosh, I forgot about this part. That's going to like probably be really uncomfortable or this part that's really going to dig into a thing. And, and then like, as I start to get to know the women, I like know what their pain point is going to be. And I'm like a little nervous going into the conversation and we all drop into zoom and it it usually just takes like 10 minutes and like one person to either be like, this just slayed me or like, this is beyond my understanding or this like, like, you know, ripped me wide open. And everyone's like, yes, me too. Like it just, it's so amazing to watch that happen because I think, you know, kind of like I was saying, where we we think someone from halfway around the world isn't having a similar experience to us. We also don't think someone from, you know, the other side of the state or the country or our neighborhood, we were so inside of ourselves that it's really hard for us to understand that other people are navigating the same challenges. And even like witnessing it over and over and over and in myself, I still will be like completely surprised that I can see this happening again. (laughs) Wow. Such a great idea to take that into a book club when you couldn't be actually traveling. So in my astrology studies, that came up of like, if we can't actually be traveling somewhere, a great way to travel with like, quote unquote, is with Mm -hmm. studying and expanding your mind in that way. So that's amazing. Um, What are some of the books that you've read in that book club? Um, oh my goodness, we've read so many. We just finished um, Dance of the Dissident Daughter by Sue Monk Kidd. And um, we also last year read um, The Book of Longings that she wrote. Um, both of those, I cannot recommend highly enough. Um, Book of Longings, 
maybe my favorite book ever. I I'm waiting for the book that steps up over top of that one, but it is so beautifully written and just like, have you happened to have read that? I have not. I just wrote that down though. I'm definitely going to check it out. So, so beautiful. Um, It's the um, historic or historical. I always think it's historical. It's a historical fiction, but it's um, written from the perspective of the fictitious wife of Jesus and what it would have been like to have had a relationship with him as a man in that journey in his life and what it would have been like to have been a woman during that time and her journey in finding her voice. It's like... Oh, super powerful. Um, yeah. That. So we, we've read a lot that are either focused on like women's journeys in finding their voice and examining like their power. We've talked about like real sh- straight travel memoirs, um, but they all come down to a focus of women. I'm like looking all over my office trying to find them. <laughs> we just read Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown as well. And um, we read... Uh, gosh, we read a great uh, Yamas and Niyamas, um, which is a, a lot of people that have their yoga certification read that. Um, yeah, so just kind of like all of these different examinations of self and the world and a lot of focus on um, feminine um, spirituality and strength and gender equality and and nature, kind of all the things I love when I travel into books. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool. Is this a, is this something that's like open for new members? Yeah, we are, we are actually just getting ready to start like the next six month journey will begin in July. So if people want to join us. Um, yeah, it's a great time to be able to hop in and read the last few books with us and it's done on zoom. So we meet twice a month. We have pretty lengthy discussions on 90 minutes and two hours so that we can really dive into some of these conversations, which um, like I mentioned, become pretty, pretty revealing and amazing. um, Like really uncovering a lot of stuff within ourselves. Hey, it's Christine interrupting this episode for just a moment. I wanted to share with you a podcast that I've recently found that I think will be the perfect complement to this episode. If you've ever encountered a situation while traveling where you felt a little uncomfortable, then you're really not alone. Each week, Unpacked by Afar will unpack a single, ethically complex question. For example, how can I travel with a lighter footprint without spending hours researching zero-waste travel hacks? Or... I know I can't ride an elephant, but can I swim with dolphins? When it comes to animal tourism, how do I figure out what's okay and what's not okay? Through a mix of first-person stories and interviews with experts in the field, Unpacked will explore answers to those questions and offer new ways to engage with the places we visit and the people we meet. Because the world is so complicated, being an ethical traveler doesn't have to be. To listen, search for Unpacked by afar on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope you enjoy it. Now let's head back over to our soulful conversation.
Amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll be sure to put that in the show notes, how people can get connected because that sounds incredible. And I keep saying, I'm not going to sign up for anything else, but (laughs) I might. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really bad with that boundary as well, because I love learning and I love that. And we're going to get into this, I'm sure. But that sense of expansiveness, I think, is a little bit addicting as well. Um, Just as addicting as travel, it's probably what makes travel so addicting. I know for me it is, but that for me, that just like that growth is so powerful and it feels so good. Like it's uncomfortable while it's happening oftentimes. But when you get on the other side of it and you see yourself as the person that just navigated that journey, then it's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that again, please. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's talk about that because that is definitely something that I want to talk about during this episode. So I would love to hear your perspective on expansion and also on that discomfort that often comes up because I feel like a lot of times that stops people from taking that next leap and making that forward motion because it's like, oh, actually, you know, I'm just going to stay where I'm comfortable. So I would love to hear you speak to that. Yeah. So when I started my company, my first thought was to call it a transformational travel company. And when I came up with that idea, it was not something that a lot of people were talking about. And so one, I would tell people that's what I was doing and they would just stop because they have no idea what I was talking about most of the time. (laughs) And um, I also have a degree in sustainable destination management, which gets the same look out of people. (laughs) Like, I just have no idea what you're talking about. Um, But I really loved the, the focus on transformation and so I, I really wanted to find a way to, I guess, bring that into people and, and give that, that to them in a way that they can understand. And so I think um, beginning to focus on the emotions that you feel that lead you into looking for this kind of experience, whether you're specifically hoping for transformation or some sort of awakening or awareness. It's that, um, that call to adventure. Um, A lot of people might be familiar with the works of Joseph Campbell and talking about the hero's journey. And there's that, like, I just call it the whisper of the universe that just makes you start to like, start seeking something and start like, I, I longing. It's like the book of longings. You're just like, you notice a part of you, can't be satisfied by what you have in your immediate space. And no matter what you do, it just doesn't, it's just not like quenched. (laughs) And so for me, that's like, that's kind of that wanderlust, like that initiation into what could, what could this be? And I think a lot of people then start, maybe that's also the beginning of like a spiritual awakening that people don't have language for. It's just this this feeling of, of, uh, of like an unquenchable desire for expansion really is probably what it is, but it's, we don't have the language for it. It's like you walk into the bookstore and you have no idea what book you want. Like, you know, like kind of what it feels like, but I feel like it's so hard for people looking for this because when you're, when you start looking, you don't know what you're looking for and travel, I think really allows 
you to step into that because you slowly do something you're comfortable with and you can like be guided into having it be a more expansive experience. So when I connect with people, if they hop on my website and book a call with me, one of the first things we'll do is say, we'll have a conversation about what, what are you looking for out of this travel experience? What kind of experiences have left you feeling, you know, really inspired or really satisfied? Like what really brought you joy? Um, What are you looking for? Have you experienced a transition in your life? What is kind of like getting at what is that, that hole (laughs) that they're looking to fill and really like asking those questions ahead of time. I think a lot of people don't know, but that's that first step and they go, Oh, I just really wanted to go hiking with women. And they had no idea that they also like were deeply craving like connection or like-minded people, people who are having similar calls from the universe. And then once you get them into that container, then they start to like feel around and they're like, Oh, I know that word now. And that applies to me. And, Oh, now I know that feeling kind of falls into this bucket and I can start to like shape the experience I'm having. And I think when we travel, why it's so important to mix the two is because when you travel, you step out of your normal routine, you step out of your normal expectations of yourself, and you're just a lot more open. And then also there's kind of what I describe as like your inward gaze and your outward gaze. And when you are in your daily life, you're on autopilot and your head is literally down most of the time, probably in your cell phone. And um, you're just, you're just going, 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 going. You're not responding to anything around you because it's stagnant. It's what you expect it to be. And the minute you travel, you have to like, you get to the airport, you have to figure out what gate you're going to. You have to figure out, you know, where to board the plane. And then you land and you're maybe reading street signs in a different language and you're trying to navigate and you immediately go from down and in. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see my posturing to like up and out and you leave this part of yourself. And then like that awe starts to creep in and you see like bright colors and different sounds and smells and like you, you really start to like push outside of yourself and absorb your surroundings. And then I think like when that opening starts happening, then you start seeing like parts of yourself that have been asleep and they just like wake up and like, you remember that you love the sound of water, like running down the side of a building, or I don't know, there's like these little hidden secrets about ourselves that start to come alive as we like move through a new place. And it doesn't have to be a foreign country or anything. Um, Like the last two years talked a lot about like the art of travel and bringing like this awe and wonder and curiosity into your daily life and maybe walking a different way to your neighborhood coffee shop or going to a different park or just like going a different neighborhood and a different restaurant and like anything you're not familiar with where you have to have your head up and your eyes open and you have to pay attention to what's around you. So yeah, that's, that felt like a really long winded description. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. Um, It's really hot in here, but I keep getting chills because (laughs) 
just like, ooh, like the way that you're describing this is just so, so profound. And it's so evident that this is something that you have really been living for so long and just experiencing bringing other people on this journey with you. Like what beautiful work. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just took my daughter to New York, actually, and it was kind of fun because I was I was trying to play with her with this a little bit, like without her knowing. And we were in Manhattan and then we went to visit a friend who was in Staten Island uh, or not Staten Island, Long Island City. And like you get on the ferry and you go five minutes and it's completely different. And her whole energy shifted. And I was like, what what do you like here? What's different here? And she was like, oh so green it's so quiet the people are so spread apart and I'm like you do you like that better yes it was so crazy and she's like I do not like Times Square and like then trying to like you know tap into that a little and then we got home and she was like oh the space like I'm really noticing the space in Colorado and um you know just I don't think we pay attention to those cues but our body is is telling them to us all the time and so was just trying to like guide her into that because I was really noticing it more for myself as well and then I could see the same response in her and um, so like I said you don't you don't have to be don't have to be traveling far to like to have these interactions with with yourself and to like start to to witness yourself and and create an understanding of of how you're moving through spaces Mm, so beautiful and like that inner guidance system of like what actually feels good because it's going to be a little bit different for everybody or a lot of bit different like we're all going to have like when we're moving through the world the things that are you know feeling in alignment and they're going to be different for everybody so how old is your daughter she's 12 oh so but she's she's an old soul and she's had um, she's had, uh, astrological readings and the, the woman one time said, oh, your soul is much older than your mother's. <laughs> I was like, that is the worst thing you could ever tell <laughs> someone's child. Cause we'll be doing something. And she was like, yes, but remember how, when that lady said, my soul is much older than yours actually. So that's why I really understand this. I'm like, okay, sometimes she's really right. <laughs> Gosh, amazing. That's so cool. And have you traveled a lot with your kids? Um, I've traveled a fair bit. We've traveled, my family lives in Montana and we spend every summer with them and we road trip, you know, to and from, and I've taken them a few other places, but we're getting ready to spend a year traveling, um, leaving not this July, but next July. So amazing. And will you homeschool them or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oh my gosh. That's the dream. Yeah. So people, if you're listening, you'll be able to see on the website too, a few places we're still um, scheduling, but where you can actually come and join us, we're going to create different itineraries in Africa and I think Slovenia, Croatia, Costa Rica, probably Peru and Guatemala, um, where people can come and kind of join our year in the world. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. That sounds amazing. Oh my gosh. So cool. Wow. So much good stuff. Um, so can you share a little bit about your yoga practice as well? Cause I know you said you've been a yoga practitioner for a long time and then you decided to become a teacher as well. So I'd love to hear kind of how you weave that in with this whole transformational journey. Yeah. I started yoga in college. Um, 
because it was like just an elective that was available, honestly. And, um, and there were parts about it that I really loved and parts about it that I really hated. And now when I reflect back, like, I think I really was resistant to the mental conversation that was required to like hold poses for a really long time. Like that particular instructor in college, she loved just to hold poses forever. And I just didn't want to do it. (laughs) But at that moment, I just was like, I don't like this, but I didn't really have any, again, like didn't have that language to understand that this was like, actually what yoga is, is that conversation. And, um, and then like a few years later, I ended up taking a, I don't know, three month yoga intensive where I went every morning before work and did yoga. And it was just, um, again, like there was something about the, the like listening to myself that was really powerful because I am so intuitive and because I am empathetic. Like I describe my existence in the world is like, there's constantly like 27 radio stations going and I just hear all of them. And sometimes I'm listening to three and I'm doing my own thing or five of them. And like very seldom is it me and myself (laughs) like just very rarely is and I just that was the space where I could kind of quiet it down and then maybe hear like my own guides and my own guidance instead of like the jibber jabber of everything else and um so and again like this is all awarenesses I had no idea was happening then but I think I felt I felt that. And so um, I just kind of kept leaning towards it and I would be really diligent and then life would happen and transitions would happen. And I've moved, I can't even tell you how many times. So like finding a place to do yoga is like turned into a real practice in and of itself. Like I don't want to just take yoga from anyone. Like it, it's not about fitness experience for me. It's about, and again, I didn't know this, but it was about the spiritual experience. And I would have certain teachers that just be like, okay, this is a yes. And I'll be like, I just want to go there all the time. I want their energy. And again, I didn't really know about being empathetic or anything, but I was like, I I could feel how they held space. And in that space, I was okay. And that I just, that was the feeling I was after. Um, and so, like I said, it was kind of ebbing and flowing and ebbing and flowing and, um, then had children and would find that that would be the only time we could be quiet when we would do yoga. So we did so many yoga videos and my kids are so cute. They'll just be like, we want yoga. And they would just like, go put, get their mats out and do a yoga video. And I was like, Oh, this is like, this feels like it's important actually. And I could see them also be still and I could see them start to have those conversations with like their mind over their body. And then that's when I started to like really started to think about that. And then like when they were probably, Oh gosh, when my youngest was probably like just a toddler was really when I like really started to 
enter into my own spiritual practice and like started to feel my own awakening and like wanting to understand more. And, um, my, all of my kids are also like insanely gifted in that realm, I think, um, which also made me like start asking questions because I'm like, wait, they're, they feel like they are still immersed in like more than one space in time. Wow. And, um, and so like that just was like this, I guess, kind of like a, a validation that what I thought I could see was maybe real. And so then I really wanted to take a yoga teacher training because I thought this was going to be a way that I'm going to maybe see all of the parts and pieces lined out. Like I was really still feeling rigid. I have been fighting like being total type A control freak and yoga, like for some reason is so good and so bad for that because it's like trust. And I'm like, oh, what box does that go into? (laughs) And so like, it was very, very hard. And then I just like this overwhelming urge as I was doing my business and all of these things just kept pointing to the spiritual nature of of everything. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do my yoga teacher training, but how do I find the place? There's a million places. And I was in Montana and I really, there was this place I'd heard about, wanted to try it forever. And my girlfriend was like, let's go do yoga this morning. And she's like, there's this one place it's called blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, I really wanted to do this other one, but okay, let's go do your place. And then we get there and she's like, oh yeah, that's right. That one's not what it was. It's this one. Well, it's the place I had been wanting to go forever because they happen to have a office or a not office. They have um, a yoga studio in Colorado and Montana. And since I spend time in both, I'm like, what are the chances? And then um, we show up and she, the, the woman that was going to teach us, she's like, oh, I almost closed because I thought no one was coming this morning. So you guys just get a private class. And um, part of you know my, my journey was that I really wanted a deeply spiritual practice, but I also was questioning like whether I wanted like breath work or energy medicine or yoga. Like I didn't know what it, I wanted. And we sat down and she's like, I just want to let you know that my practice is a little different. I really incorporate breath work and energy medicine and yoga. And I was like, okay, universe, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. And I did this practice and I cried like five times and I was like, okay, whatever just happened, this is yoga. Like, this is what I wanted. And, um, and I have like a pretty good connection with my guides who are also very humorous. And I was like, okay, I think this is where I want to do my teacher training, but I just need a sign because like all that that just happened, of course, is not a good enough sign for me because I just need more boxes to check. And I was like, if this is the place I should take yoga teacher training, just like send me a sign. And I got in my car and my phone rang. And one of my friends was like, hey, did you see on Instagram, you just won this package that I was giving away. And I was like, oh, I didn't see. She's like, you just need to like do, you need to send this thing really quick so that I can say that you did it the right way or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, I probably just was like liking your post and commenting because it was your post. And I just wanted to like boost your algorithm or whatever. And she's like, well, you just won a yoga mat and yoga blocks and a towel and some straps and a yoga bag. And I was like, Okay. Of course I did. (laughs) So anyway, I signed up to do this, um, 
I signed up to do this yoga class and um, it was amazing. It was the best thing ever. And so I did my 200 hour with them and um, it just kind of was the the perfect, I was going to say end to this journey, but like middle to this journey and being able to teach yoga was terrifying for me because I did not want to be in front of people. I just wanted, I started the yoga teacher training because I wanted this comprehensive knowledge of yoga. And I don't think in my mind, I ever thought I would actually teach it. And then they're like, well, you have to teach it to get your training. I was like, oh, and then COVID happened. So we ended up doing everything virtually. And I thought, well, now I'll get out of the teaching part. No, no, no. You just have to then teach on Zoom, which maybe is worse. I don't know, because you can't see your students. They're like this big and you're supposed to be connecting to them. Um, But right after I finished, one of my um, the co-students was leading a retreat and she asked me to teach a class. And I was like, "Okay, sure, I'll, I'll teach in your retreat. And she's like, will you guide a meditation too? Because you're so good at that. And I was like, okay. And I was also at this point in my journey where I was just saying, um, I was like, I will say yes. Like, unless it feels like a no, 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 I will say yes. If it still feels scary, but it feels like growth, I will say yes. And so I did that. And, and my friend was like, I don't even know what just happened, but whoever just taught that class, was not the same person who just took yoga teacher training with me. She's like, I don't even understand what happened in the course of like one month. And um, anyway, so it was just a huge part of my, my journey. And so I really believe deeply in the, like the teachings and the philosophy and the mindset and the way of like engaging with the world. And so that's part of why we read the Yamas and Niyamas in my book club, because I just remember reading that and I was like, no one said there was an instruction manual for like living. I'm like, why are we given this a long time ago? I just, there was so many books that I read through that process that really just felt like they were the answers. And like the me who might've sat down with that book six years ago would have not been able to read it and understand. So there's so much value in understanding where people are at on their journey And then also like the ability to like have read all these things and had all these experiences and then to be able to kind of use my energy assessment and say like, this person just like needs this piece handed to them right now. And not always right, but like, it's fun to kind of like play with it and see like like, I feel like it's like sprinkling magic. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know this thing that's just going to make you go. <gasps> and I'm like, it's my favorite thing is to like watch that happen. So <laughs> oh my gosh, I so relate to that. I'm a yoga instructor as well. I don't know if I shared that with you, but um, yeah, just that feeling of like kind of being able to tune in in the moment to read the room and read what people are needing. And it's, you're right. Like the texts and yoga and all of the yoga philosophy stuff is like such great rules for living and such great stuff oh my gosh what a cool story about like just how you followed the breadcrumbs and you know the signs just kept showing up so that's amazing I hope you can't hear the ice cream truck going by can you hear that okay good (laughs) there's now an ice cream truck in my neighborhood I'm like 
that's my practice now is like not getting so angry when I hear the ice cream truck because it's the most <laughs> annoying sound in the whole world. But um, wow. So where do you bring that in now with your, when you're taking women on these group travel excursions? Like how do you bring the yoga into all of that? Yeah. So I think in the design, it's, it starts in the, that, that beginning first conversation is just kind of bringing in some of that, that attention and that mindset and that discovery and using it as a way to create connection with what they're really looking for. And then as far as the travel experience itself is like really leaving time and space and flow in the travel experience and not having things be so busy and rushed and understanding like the value of the space between things. And I think that's very much just like, for me, it's that, that energy of yoga. And it's like, it's the understanding of the process of the journey is more important than the beginning, middle and end of the journey. Like it's, again, it's that space between and really like nurturing and cultivating that and knowing full well that that's really what we're there for. And while people, again, like they think they're there for the hike and they're there to see Machu Picchu, they're not there for those things. They're there for all these other parts that happen. And so I think that like, I really needed to progress in my own understanding of things before I could create a container where that could happen. And then also there's just really the idea of like, maybe we're in a spot where the energy of the land is really powerful. Well, we should definitely just stop and do 10 minutes of breath work or meditation or yoga. And part of why I wanted to do that, like in a more, I guess, professional capacity and getting yoga teacher training is just so I understood a little bit more about the process of teaching yoga. Um, I also like so needed it for the checkbox on the spreadsheet, which is so horrible to say, cause it like goes against the whole thing of yoga, right? Like I could have done it before, but I felt like I needed the validation and the accreditation of that certificate and that stamp. Um, but yeah, I, I really wanted to be able to just harness the energy of yoga whenever it needed to happen and not rely on like having to bring in an instructor. Although in some places I very much want to do that because I want them to bring their connection to the space and to culture and the locale and like incorporate their wisdom, not my wisdom into the journey. Amazing. Yeah. That makes so much sense to, even though it's like, yeah, it's checking a box in a certain way, but also it's like, like you said that before you took the teacher training, you felt like you had all these little pieces that were kind of like, not like you didn't have, like the puzzle wasn't fitting together. And mm-hmm. then once you take the training and you kind of can put all those pieces together, then you can pick and choose and decide like, you know, oh, here, this is a really good time for this or whatever. So, yeah. And yeah. I think a huge part of that too, is having people witness me in that space, which is what I really also needed. And I think that is also like having felt that is also very helpful on the other side of like guiding a trip and understanding like how people need to be seen in, in an experience. Like it's really important, like 
for instance, last summer we guided a trip, a girlfriend and my, and I guided a trip to hike a 14er in Colorado and to witness the people having this experience of hiking and overcoming fears and challenges and physical barriers um, and mental hurdles to get to the top. And then like they needed someone to witness them as the woman who just hiked a 14,000 foot mountain. I mean, come on. And like, you, you need someone to do that for you because there's something weird about us not being able to do it for ourselves. And so that is also a part like me sitting there at like the end of the teacher training and having people say like, this is how I saw you here. Mm -hmm. Then I could be like, okay, that is who I am. Like we, we just need that, that reflected back on us. And I think that's really a part of the, the, the experiences, the travel experiences as well. Oh my gosh. So beautiful. So if someone is sitting at home and they're like, I want to, you know, hike a 14er or go to Peru or, um, go to Africa, but I, I'm actually afraid to push myself to do that. Like, what do you tell someone who's struggling with like getting out of their comfort zone for the first time? Um, I mean, that's so super valid. (laughs) Um, And I think you have to be ready for it. And I think that that's also part of the process of coaching someone through that. And I also think the people that, for instance, that are doing the book sojourn with me, like they're kind of getting to build that muscle a little bit at a time in a container that feels a little less risky. Um, Like they're definitely stretching themselves in ways they wouldn't have expected, I'm sure, when they thought they signed up for a book club. Um, but yeah, just to kind of, um, I think you just have to like, learn, learn what is fear and what is discomfort and, and even in fear, learn what is actual, like something that's not safe and something that just is like your resistance to the expansion. And I think that has been a huge, if I can think about it, I'll give you the podcast to share, but there was this woman who is a, like the first fire chief in San Francisco. And she was talking about fear and she's like, you, you have to have fear or else you'll die. Like you need fear, but fear doesn't always operate in our brains the way it needs to. It's, it's meant to tell you, are you safe? And when we were hiking that 14er, there was this point where we're going across the saddle that felt like it was like two inches wide and 9 million feet down for me. I have a terrible fear of heights. And that makes my feet tingle. uh, (laughs) It makes my hands sweat and my feet sweat and everything. Yeah. And, and I looked and I'm like, is this four inches wide? No, it's, it was probably like five feet or six feet was not very wide, but I was like, are you safe? Yes. Is it okay to be afraid? Yes. Are you safe? Yes. Can we take one more step? Yes. So like I had to coach myself all the way across that thing. And I think that's just where we we have to understand, like, is the fear actually to keep you safe or is it to keep you stuck? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think we have created this conversation in our bodies for fear to keep us stuck. And that this could be a whole like another six hour conversation about the way systems are created in our world. Um, But I think that has been something that's been manufactured to keep us 
stuck. And so that's part of the process too, is just like helping people through that hurdle to say yes, which honestly I think is the hardest thing. People are really scared. They don't want to transform necessarily or to change. And and a huge thing for me is to, and might be valuable for anybody listening, is that for me, transformation doesn't actually mean change per se. Like the beginning of my trip to Peru and the end of my trip to Peru, I'm still Christine. But what has changed is how I know myself. And so that relationship and that conversation is what is transformed. And so I now know myself as the person who does X, Y, Z. And it's that like transformation that I'm really after. And I'm not asking people to become someone else. I'm just asking them to change their relationship and their conversation with whom they are. Wow. So beautiful. I love that. Can we take one more step? Like when we're feeling afraid and that can be applied to so many things. Like, you know, like you said, like travel doesn't mean that you have to go very far. Like you could travel reading a book or, you know, taking a walk around your neighborhood in a new direction or something. And just coming up against that feeling of like, you know, things are shifting. It feels uncomfortable. Things might even be scary, but can we take one more step? Oh, that's Yeah. Such a great question to ask. Yeah. I do it in my business. I do it all the time. Yeah. It's really bad. And and also if you take one more step and it's horrible, like it's just one step backward and you didn't figure out, like, you don't have to go to the beginning of the trail again, just like take one step backward and take a breath and then like reassess. And cause I know for me, I'm like all or nothing mode. And it's like, well, if I take the one step and it's wrong and I step back, I've failed. No, you just are like reassessing and Um, And I think, yeah, people will go through that as they're asking themselves to expand and when they're asking those questions about themselves and when they're hearing that nudge and having to like start to fight all of these identities and parameters and barriers that really come from this journey. Mm. Do you see that a lot like that all or nothing mentality of like, if I take the one step and it's not good, I might have to go back to square one. Yeah, definitely. I think that is huge. I mean, I spend a lot of time in entrepreneur world and I think it feels like that a lot. You're like, it takes a lot to say like, I am going to be a woman who owns a travel company. Oh by golly, I better be that person once I say I am. And like, I, when I wanted to start my podcast and I like, I don't even know what a podcast is. If I set, if I put that out there, like what's going to happen when everyone notices I'm doing a podcast and everyone notices I'm not. And then I was like, well, here's the real trick. It's no one's noticing that you have the podcast and then no one's noticing you're not like there's a few people, but you know, that's a whole nother thing. Like our ego is like everyone on Facebook is going to notice that I said, I now do a podcast and they're going to be like, where's the next episode. I can't believe this isn't coming. And you know, again, a whole nother conversation, but it's like one step forward is fine. And so is the one step back. (laughs) Yeah. And like, right. And even if someone did notice and they were like, Hey, why didn't you do that thing? I thought you were doing it. You just be like, cool. I just took my one step back. Cause that actually didn't feel good. Right. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So important. Such an important reminder to like as an entrepreneur and yeah, I struggled with that. Like when starting my podcast too, I was like, I overthought it so much until I realized like, okay, all I actually have to do is just talk to cool people. <laughs> I, was like, I think I could do that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that particular journey is one that people really uh, resist. Well, you are really, you do feel like you're putting yourself out there and in a way you are like you you are. I mean, at this point I'll look and I'm like, wow, like 260 people listened last week and I probably don't know who they are. Um, And it's really okay. Like there's something that shifts I mean, I guess your ego lets go of caring about it. Like you, you have to just know that whatever you are creating in the world is meant to be received by some people and it's not meant to be received by some people. And like, if you start trusting in that magic, you're just like, I know that I'm meant to create this and I'm just going to set it on the shelf for the person that needs to come by and pick it up. And whether that's one person or if that's a million people, like it, it already just is. And we really have no control of that. We just have our voice to use. And so I think that's been a huge part of the process as well for me. And I, I think that's why podcasting is so fun because it really is like amplifies that process and that message and that experience. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been so fun. I could keep talking to you for a long time. I have a lot more things I would love to ask you, but I am going to wrap it up here. Um, Before we do that, would you share just one, if you could just leave our listeners with one piece of advice around expansion and travel and, you know, loving their life even a little bit more? Um, oh my gosh, that feels like I, I'm meant to have something in my mind that's already really huge. No, I I just would say like really learning to trust yourself and learning to say yes when you need to say yes and learning to say no when you need to say no, which is really a lot harder and a lot bigger than that, but it's also can be really simple um, and powerful too. And so I think learning to have that conversation with yourself and with your environment applies to travel, but it applies to, to everything. Amazing. I love that. Thank you so much. And would you be able to just share where can listeners find you to connect? Yeah. Um, if they visit Lotus Sojourns, which is L-O-T-U-S-S-O-J-O-U-R-N-S, which I learned later is really hard to spell and really confusing. And if you're creating a brand, not the thing to do, but it meant something to me. So therefore it is, but yeah, lotussojourns.com. Um, you can find the trips there. Um, backslash soul dash of dash travels where the podcast is, but everything is on that page. And Instagram um, also is the same at Lotus Sojourns and at Soul of Travel Podcast. So, and if people want to reach out, they can email connect at lotussojourns.com or DM me or anything. I am um, community is my happy place. Finding the people that need to find me is my happy place. So I'm so excited. If people reach out, don't think that you can't actually do it. I would love to hear from you. Awesome. And I'll make sure to link all of that below. So amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, 
I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective. Or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Soul of Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story. Your story.